Good morning. Happy New Year. I wanted to say I am so, so, so proud of you. Um, watching that, the slideshow from the, the Philippines, that, man, that was powerful. That was so amazing. So thank you guys. I'm just really, really proud of you. There's a proverb that says that, that if you um, are deaf to the cries of the poor, you too will cry out and not be heard. So, you know, God is really concerned about the, the needs of the poor and those who are hurting. So thank you guys so much for your generosity. Um, can you turn to the person next to you and say, Happy New Year? And concerning 2017, turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad that's over. (laughs) And now concerning 2018, say, this year's going to rock. Okay, we're going to do a little quiz. Um, For all of you smart people, how many hours are in a day? 24. 24. Right on. Next question. How many minutes are in a day? Do the math. 1,440. Okay, you know what the next question is. Start doing the math in your head. How many seconds are in a day? You math geniuses, how many seconds? 80, what did you just say? You're 400. What? You knew that? Who knew that? That's amazing. Somebody, somebody cheated. Somebody Googled. But that's okay. Now, the next question. How many seconds are in a year? 31,536,000 seconds in a year. So we don't want to waste any of them, right? There's only 31 million of them. So there was this little boy, and he was kind of hanging out, looking up at the clouds, and and he said, God, how much is a million dollars to you? God said, "Eh, that's like a penny to me. And then he said, so how much is a million years to you? God said, that's like a minute to me. The little boy goes, can I have a penny? God goes, sure, in a minute. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about time. The name of the message is the time of your life. And, you know, time is a great equalizer. Everybody has the exact same amount of time every day. 86,400 seconds. Everybody, Michelangelo, Shakespeare, Beethoven, uh, name some other famous people. <laughs> Anybody that has ever walked the face of the earth has the exact same amount of time every single day. And how we use our time determines the course of our life and our legacy. And I think so much of the time we just assume, oh, we, we have plenty of time. But we're going to talk about what the Bible has to say about it. Now, the world has a lot to say about time. Have you noticed how many movies have time in their title or as a a subject that the movie is based on time. And even like Michael was talking about, even the Christmas Carol, you know, it's talking about the past and the present and the future. So much of, of our lives revolves around time, right? Calendars, watches. I used to have a track coach, which this still kind of hurts a little bit, but he used to talk about, you know, how they time you with a stopwatch. 
I got done with a race one time. He goes, man, next time we're going to time you with a candle. (laughs) What? (laughs) Anyway, so never say you don't have enough time because we all have enough time. And we're going to talk about what the Bible has to say about how that time should be invested. We're going to talk about investing time versus spending time. What are some cliches that describe time? Can you guys think of any cliches? Only, what's that? Time flies. flies. I'm sorry? Time is money, which brings up an interesting point. Did you know time is actually more valuable than money? Because you can always get more money, but you can never get more time. Okay, what's another cliche having to do with money? What? Did I say money? Wow, Freudian. Okay, no, I don't believe in that. Anyway, another more cliches about time. Time waits for no one. Time is on my side. Is that really true? Time is on my side. What else? Time of your life. Name of my message. Time runs out. Time runs out. That's right. And it seems to be. You know, when our kids were little, we really messed up their their perspective of time because we would be at a friend's house and we would say, ah, yeah, guys, get ready. We're going to leave in five minutes. And then two hours later, we would leave. So our kids thought that five minutes was like two hours. So we would say, okay, like we'd be getting ready to go somewhere. Or we'd say, go clean your room and you have five minutes. And our kids are thinking they had like two hours. We just completely messed them up when it has to do with that. And have you noticed that when you're doing something you really love, what happens? Boom, time flies. How about when you're doing something you hate? Time goes so slowly. And what's the main thing that people say to young parents? They say, enjoy this time because it goes so fast. I met a a woman a couple weeks ago and she had a newborn baby. And I said, you know what? It's going to be like a month and she's going to be planning her wedding. Because that's how it feels. It just goes so fast. It goes so incredibly fast. And so we're going to talk today about seasons of life. We're going to talk about what time it is and what season you're in. And we're going to talk about making the most of our time. And I'm mostly concerned with discussing what the Lord's attitude about time is. Because you know, God is, with, God is outside of time. He is not bound by time. He is eternal. But we, we have time as such a limiting factor in our lives. So first thing we're going to talk about is seasons. When we first moved here, we were really struggling. We, we were experiencing some serious culture shock, and I think there was a lot of spiritual opposition against us and, and, you know, just a lot of adjusting. And I remember calling a friend and asking her to pray for me, and she just said, you know, thank God that life always goes through seasons. You know, just like the different seasons of the year, the different you know, the beautiful autumn leaves and then the beautiful snow, which I, I, apparently it snows here, but I don't remember. <laughs> and, then, and then the spring when the flowers start to bloom and then the summer. And, and in the same way in our lives, we go through seasons. So if you're in the middle of a really hard season right now, 
you're in a, a scary season or, or you're really being tested right now, just remember, this is a season and it will come to an end. Some seasons are much longer than others. Some seasons feel like they're never going to end. But in the 60s, there was a song by the birds taken directly out of the Bible with the exception of the very end. And it was taken from Ecclesiastes 3. Now, if you know anything about the book of Ecclesiastes, it was, it's, it's written by a guy who was the richest man in the world and the smartest man in the world, supposedly, and the most powerful person in the world. And he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And basically what he came down to was everything is meaningless. Everything is vanity. It's all striving after the wind. That was basically what his premise was. Except in this particular passage, this is one of the best known passages in the Bible. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I'm going to read the first part and then I want you to respond by reading the next part. Um, oh, by the way, back to the bird song. The, it was called Turn, Turn, Turn. And it was basically an anti-war song, which wasn't really what Solomon was writing about, but in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. So I'll read the first part and then you repeat out or, or respond, okay? There's a season for everything. A time to be born. A time to plant. A time to kill. And a time to heal, that's right. A time to tear down. A time to weep time to mourn it's time to scatter a time to scatter stones a time to embrace time to search a time to keep a time to tear a time to be silent a time to love time for war Okay, now I'll take over from here. Good job. You did a great job. Isn't it amazing? Some of those things you're like, wait, a time to kill? A time to refrain from embracing? A time to give up? All of these things. It's talking about every single different season in our lives. And it says, what do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He's made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than, catch this, than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. So talking about seasons and talking about all of the different time frames and timelines in our lives and what he comes down to is there's nothing better than for people to be happy and to do good while they live. So that's what we're going to cover today. We're going to be talking about how do we use our time? How do we best invest our time so that we can see the most significant return on that investment? And my encouragement to you is that as we, as we do this little self-discovery today about the seasons of life and what season you're in, I just want to encourage you, embrace the season that you're in right now and know that God's mercies are new every morning. And we'll, we'll talk about this a little more later. But I want to ask you, 
What time is it for you? What time is it in your life? Where are you in your seasons of life? Are you exactly where you thought you'd be at this particular stage of your life? The great theologian Steve Jobs said, Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Now, love him or hate him, this guy has had a major impact on society. Has he not? In case you don't know, he's one of the co-founders of Apple Computer. I mean, this guy has had a major impact on the way that we live and the way that we function. And basically what he's saying is, get out of the box. Become fully who you are. Don't be bound by who someone else thinks you should be or by even thinking that you have to be a certain way if you weren't created to be that way. You know, one of, one of the main reasons that we exist as a church is to help people see their dreams fulfilled, to see the dreams that God has placed within your heart. Remember it said in in Ecclesiastes 3, he has put eternity in their hearts. He has put eternity in each one of our hearts. And God has things that he wants each one of us to fulfill as individuals, not to be like a cookie cutter and not to look like anyone else, but to get out of the box and to be fully who we are. And I think one of the most important things in really knowing the purpose for which you were created is to just know your creator. Instead of looking for the plan, look to the planner. Instead of looking for what what is going to be given, look to the one who gives and know him and understand the word of God and understand who he is. You know, I always marvel when people tell me that they don't have time to read the Bible. I'm like, how do you have time not to read the Bible? It's a life manual that God has presented to us. It is the most important thing you can do of your day. And I'm just going to keep it real here. I've been having a a really hard season just over the holidays. It was really rough. And, um, you know, I woke up this morning... And my first thought was like, that was tongues for those of you who don't know. (laughs) I mean, I just woke up and all of a sudden I was just like, no, no. And I just, I thought, I'm going to just change that stinking thinking and I am going to start to give thanks. So I just started to thank God, just started to thank him and started to quote scriptures that I had put in my heart from reading the word, you know, and I just, and it changed everything. It changed everything about my attitude. And so I know the significance. I was, I just talked to a young lady after first service and she was, she's really struggling with some things. And I just said, you know, our, our tendency is rather than leaning into God when we're in a hard season or a difficult season, but really we want to escape. We want to escape our pain. So we do all these things that, is, that we can escape our pain temporarily. But then don't the problems come flooding right back in, whether we escape through, I don't know, drinking or drugs or pornography or overwork or 
even binge-watching certain things on Netflix or whatever. But as soon as you stop whatever that activity is, don't the thoughts come flooding back in? So if you invest your time in the word of God and understanding God's will and his word and memorizing scriptures, memorizing verses from the Bible, then they'll come back to your remembrance. And rather than going down the path of worrying and the path of stressing out and being anxious, you can go back and you can draw on that reserve. And that's one way we can invest our time rather than spending it. See, you either spend your time and it's gone or you invest your time in eternal things. He has put eternity in our hearts. We can't deny that. Whether we're aware of it or not, there is a sense within each one of us that we were created for something more. Is there not? I mean, have you ever met somebody who's like, yeah, I don't know, I think I'm, I'm pretty much born from mediocrity. <laughs> have you ever met anybody like that? I mean, maybe there are people like that, but that's a lie. But the most significant thing for us to do is to invest in the things of God and to do good, to do good, do good things, good works that he's prepared for us to do, specific things only you can do. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I love that verse. You should memorize that one. Should we memorize it together? Okay. Teach us to number our days. Say it. That we may gain a heart of wisdom. This is a really good prayer. You should number your days because you don't know. You don't know. This could be your very last day. One time I went to a ladies' conference and there was this um, really classy, white-haired elderly woman. And she sat there And she looked at us and she said, if you had one more day to live, if you knew today was your very last day, what would you do? I want you to think about that. What would you do if it was your very last day? She said, that's what you should do today. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. It says in 2 Corinthians 6, he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. And now I want to say this to you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So in light of this, in light of living in God's favor and his grace and his salvation, we need to make the most of our time. Do we not? You know, again, I've said this before, I've had three near-death experiences and it really tends to make me think, is this really gonna matter tomorrow? You know, you, you break something or you spill something or whatever. It's like, you know, tomorrow I could be gone. Is this really gonna matter you know, remember the, the series, um, Don't Sweat the Small Things? It's, they're all small things. You know, even our trials, even the hardships and, the, and the, the really rough things we go through, the Bible says that they're light and momentary trials, and they will achieve for us a glory that far surpasses them all. 
So when you're in the middle of whatever it is that seems so absolutely devastating, remember, it's called a light and momentary trial. And this season will come to an end. This too shall pass. Right? You know, there's, there's such a, in the Bible, when it talks about how to make the most of your time, there's an urgency There is a sense of urgency that I've noticed. And so to make the most of our time, we need to know God. We need to know God's word. We need to know how how to do good, how to be happy and do good. And it says, or I mean, uh, Abraham Lincoln said, if I had six hours to chop down a tree, I would spend the first four sharpening the ax. Isn't that so good? There's, There's a certain preparation and That's why I'm saying spiritual things, spending time reading God's word, memorizing scripture, praying, actually having conversations with God and worshiping God, that's sharpening the ax. Because you're going to find trees that you're going to need to start to chop down. You're going to have trees in your life that you're going to have to chop down. So spend your time or invest your time sharpening your ax. And one of the main principles that I think people completely ignore and people completely uh, just gloss over, it's in God's top 10, along with do not kill, do not have commit adultery, honor your parents, don't covet people's stuff, And it's the principle of what? The Sabbath. You know, for some reason, we just keep going 24-7. There's a really good book uh, on the principle of the Sabbath called 24-6. Isn't that good? We, We seem to think somehow that we can just keep going and keep going and keep going and not honor what is a very basic, basic principle. And I just want to urge you, if you have never taken Sabbath, somehow figure out a way to take Sabbath, to honor that principle. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Have a day dedicated to God where you don't work, you don't think about work, you don't stress out. I mean, in the, in the Jewish culture, they're very serious about Sabbath, Shabbat. They are very serious about it. I mean, they go out and they do all their grocery shopping and all their food preparation. They do everything before the Sabbath so that when Sabbath comes, they can just relax and just honor that principle of rest. We were created to work for six days. Remember our very first day in existence? Remember God created in the first six days and then our first day was a Sabbath. The Sabbath is in preparation for what we're supposed to be doing. God created everything and then he created us and then the first day was Sabbath. It was a day of rest. Think about that. A Sabbath is is to prepare your heart and your mind and your physical body to go and work for six days. So if you don't take a Sabbath, I challenge you. In 2018, start to take Sabbath. Start to honor the principle of the Sabbath and watch God bless it. Watch God honor it. You know, the, the whole principle of how we invest our time has to do with our priorities. 
And um, I have a, a smartphone, and on that smartphone, I have a, it's called Reminders, and it, you can put in lists of all the different things. And what I do is I, like I have lists for all different things. I have over 30 lists of stuff, just things that I want to get out of my brain and put down somewhere so I don't have to be thinking about it. But the two most important lists that I have are today and to do. Okay? And it's amazing to me because I will have today, which are those urgent things that I really want to get done today, a priority, let's do this, let's get this done. And it's amazing to me how many times I'll have something on my today list that I move to my to-do list because I don't get it done. And then when I come back to revisit it, it just doesn't seem to be quite as important. You know? I mean, we have this, this culture where everything's fast and everything's so, so stressful and, and everything. And God is calling you to do specifically those things which he has created you to do. And I want to just say, no is a very spiritual word. Because we get so frenetic and we do all these things that we don't necessarily need to do or we make promises or we overcommit. And then we end up resenting other people. Now, God has prepared good works in advance for us to do. Each one of us is created to serve. We are all created to serve. We are all created to lose our lives for the sake of others. Am I right? So this isn't to say, oh, you know, I'm not going to serve in kids ministry because no is a spiritual word. (laughs) Because yes is also a spiritual word. But what are you called to do? What is it that you are supposed to do? in light of God's kingdom and in the light of eternity. Martin Luther said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. You know, there's something about investing those first moments of your day to the Lord, presenting that to the Lord and letting him come and change your thinking, change your thoughts and line them up with his. Ephesians 5.15 Pay careful attention, then, how, to how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I'm going to read this again. Be very careful. Pay careful attention, then, how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Redeeming the time. What does it mean to redeem the time? Anybody know? To redeem something means to regain it, to repossess it, to take back something which was taken. This is saying redeem your time. If you've wasted your life, you've wasted time, you've wasted all of these things doing insignificant things, you can redeem the time. It is not too late. I know there's a lie. Some of you are believing, ah, it's too late. I've wasted my life. I've been doing things that don't have any eternal significance. I've blown it. No, false. That is false. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. God is doing a new thing in you. Do you not perceive it? It's springing up before you. He is calling you to a new purpose and a new vantage point. He's calling you to new priorities. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. You know, there's a, there's a, 
instrument in our cars that is a really, really important thing called the rear view mirror. <laughs> it's not just for shaving or for putting on makeup. It's actually, you know, the first thing you do after you put your seatbelt on is what do you do? Just the rear view mirror and then you back out and you use it to back out. But you don't use it to drive forward. And too many of us are focused on the rear view mirror and what we've already passed. And God is saying, look ahead. Michael talked about hope. Hope has to do with our future. And when our hope is in God, we will not be disappointed. God is a God of hope. We either spend our time or we invest our time. And remember what Solomon said, there's nothing better than to be happy and to do good. You know, when we stand before God, he's not going to say, well, well said, good and faithful servant. Oh yeah, I was going to get around to doing that. Well, good job. I'm glad you thought about that. Or, or well intended, good and faithful servant. <laughs> Eric always used to say, judge me by my intentions, not my actions. <laughs> Honey, I intended to buy you flowers on the way home. You're welcome. <laughs> God says, well, what? Well done. He has created us to do good, to do good things, to serve other people. You know, the more we try to fulfill ourselves and fill ourselves with empty things, the less contentment we have. It's when we lose our lives for the sake of the kingdom, that's when we will find our lives. Second Peter 3 says, don't forget this one thing. Now, when the Bible says don't forget this, what should we do? Yeah, we should probably remember it. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. I believe there are those of you and you have eternity in your heart. You have eternity written in your heart. And, and you know that God has spoken some things to you. And they haven't happened yet. And you're starting to lose heart. Because hope deferred makes the heart sick. But I want to remind you, God is not slow in keeping his promise as we understand slowness. God is sovereign, he is in control, he is in absolute charge of everything. And he is, is wooing us to prepare, to be prepared for his return and to have that eternal perspective because it says in Mark 13, 33, be on guard, be alert. You do not know what time he will come. Jesus is coming back. And go back to the second Peter three. It says, don't forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And this is not just the repentance that leads to salvation, that leads to eternal life, that leads to us having forgiveness of sins. This is also a repentance in the way that we think 
a, a repentance in our perspective. Rather than having a worldly, temporal perspective, we have an eternal and a significant perspective. So as we come into 2018, I know this has kind of been a kind of a heavy message, but as we come into 2018, let the Lord change your perspective on what really matters. Let him move some things off your today list to your to-do list, and maybe eventually you'll be able to off them, offload them off your to-do list too. Prepare by spending time with him, by keeping a Sabbath, by determining to do the things for which you were created. And I just want to say this too. I, I'm not in any way... I mean, I like to binge watch stuff too. I mean, I'm not judging that. But there's a difference between like binge watching to escape your pain or just binge watching something or watching a movie or whatever it is. Just watching something to relax, which is necessary. I mean, depending on what you're watching. Some things get you more stressed out. <laughs> but, but I just want to say, so if, if you're a person who tends to escape that way, you know, spend some time in his presence instead and let him change your, your perspective. Let him change your view. Instead of leaning away from God, lean in. Draw near. Because it says that when we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. Can you stand? I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to ask you for a time of response. Um, first of all, if, if you're a person in, and you're in a really, really difficult season right now, you're in a really painful season, Let's just close our eyes and, and give them privacy. But if you're in a tough season right now, I just want you to lift your hand up to God. And Father, we just come before you, Lord, and we, we have our hands raised, Lord, as a sign, God, that we are reaching out to you. We are drawing near to you, Lord. Father, you are hope. You are a God of hope. You are our only hope, Lord. We ask that you would forgive us, God, for looking anywhere else. We do repent, Jesus, and we want to use our time. We want to invest our time in things that matter, including our own soul and our own health. And so, Father, we just we ask that you would comfort us. Lord, that you would be here, God. You would give us eternal perspective. You would strengthen us, Lord, in our weakness. We choose today, Lord, to focus on you, to focus on the eternity, to focus on things that matter. And we thank you that you are a God of hope and a God of comfort. In Jesus' name. And now, for those of you, um, you're... You, you want to have the season of your life defined. You want God to speak specifically and clearly to you about the season of your life. You may be confused or you may not know what your calling is or what God is, is asking you to do. If, if that's you, with everyone else with their eyes closed, if you could just raise your hand again to symbolize that you're reaching out to God. 
Lord, we, we reach out to you, God, symbolically. We, we lift our hands to say that we want you to define us. Lord, we want you to speak to us about our purpose and our calling. Lord, we ask that you would clearly define it. Lord, that you would speak to us through your Bible. Lord, that as we would read the Bible, we would hear from you by your spirit, Lord. That you would define us and show us who we were created to be. Just, Lord, I, I just, I pray against that lie that says it's too late. I pray for those who are, who are driving, looking in the rearview mirror. Lord, I pray that they would fix their eyes on you, the author and the perfecter of their faith. Lord, I pray for those who are, are lost and, and feel like they just, they don't even know where they are on the, on the map. Lord, that you would just give them that clear GPS location. Lord, you would show them exactly where they are and where you're taking them, that it would be evident to them, Lord. And for the last group, for those who you want to make the most of your time, you don't want to waste your time anymore, you don't want to spend time, if that's you, could you just raise your hand as a sign to the Lord, you want to use your time wisely. Lord, we raise our hand um, as a sign, God, that we want to be used for your glory. Lord, we we don't want to waste time anymore. We want to invest our time. Lord, help us to to order our days. Teach us to number our days. Lord, teach us to, to, to do things according to eternal perspective and according to priority, Lord. We just ask that you would you would speak clearly and specifically to us, Lord, that we would make the most of our time. And and Father, we do ask for forgiveness for wasting time. Lord, for doing things that are insignificant, things that don't matter, things that aren't eternal, things that are just temporal. Forgive us, Lord. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for who you are. And we just uh, celebrate the new year, Lord. I pray, God, that it would be prosperous for each of us, Lord. That you would show us a sign of your favor. That you would make our efforts successful. That you would give, give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Lord, that we would see your works again. That you would replace the evil days with good. That our children would see your work again, Lord. Make our efforts successful, Lord, as we seek you. In Jesus' name.